coming to you from a somewhat stormy Johannesburg today. I'm hoping uh, you don't pick up on the thunder uh, and lightning that's taking place outside right now. But as they say in the classics, the show must go on. And I want to get this podcast out to you as soon as I possibly can. We're into episode 13 of Trail Talk SA. My name is Brad Brown. I'm your host. Uh, and this week we chatted uh, quite a bit about it last week, actually. The Kalahari Okrabi's Extreme Marathon. We had Daniel Rowland on the show last week on episode 12, uh, just in the build-up to the race. And you know what? I actually joked with Daniel that he's uh, starting to get onto the show more than I am, actually. Uh, and we've got him on again this week. And the reason we've got him on again this week is because he has won uh, the KAEM for 2013. Not only just won it, but smashed the record as well. So uh, I had a, a pretty quick chat with Daniel earlier today. And uh, before he heads back to Santiago in Chile, uh, I thought I'd share that with you as well. Uh, on the show this week, too, I did an interview. Actually, it was in the build-up to that race uh, with a gentleman called Edward Chapman from the UK who has completed six of uh, those crazy races, and he was aiming to become the first person to complete seven. I didn't manage to use it on last week's show, so I thought I'd include it for you this week. Uh, even though it was recorded uh, before the race, I think it is still relevant, and I can tell you that Edward has completed uh, the race. He finished 50th overall, so he has become the first person uh, to run the Kalahari Okrabi's uh, Extreme Marathon seven times. That's an amazing, amazing achievement. And then we also take a look at trail running in Mpumalanga. I caught up with Clive Smart from Ilunga Trails. They're doing some cool things out there uh, in the northeast of South Africa. They've also got some interesting trail safaris that I chatted to Clive about. That's all coming up on this week's show as well. As always, I love hearing from you. So uh, if you have any uh, comments or suggestions or perhaps you'd like to be in touch, you can pop me an email, okay? Our email address is podcast at trailtalksa.co.za. It's that easy to get in touch via email. You can also tweet us at trailtalksa. Or if you'd like, you can be in touch on Facebook. Just search for us as well. You can be in touch that way. And if I could ask you a huge favor, uh, if you listen to this podcast through the platform of iTunes or through Apple, uh, I would just appreciate it if you wouldn't mind just taking a couple of seconds and just leaving us a star rating. And if you would be so kind, leave us a review as well. And what that does uh, is obviously the more of those reviews and ratings we get, the better it is for the show because we get ranked high in iTunes, which means more people can find the show and uh, we can share our love of trail running with those people too. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, I would appreciate it hugely. And I'll make you a deal. If you leave us uh, a review... I'll read it out on next week's show here on Trail Talk SA. So uh, be in touch. Go to iTunes. Just leave a review. Uh, and yeah, who knows? Your name could be on lights, uh, in lights on next week's episode of Trail Talk SA. Without further ado, let's get straight into this week's show. And we kick things off once again this week with Daniel Rowland, the 2013 champion of the Kalahari Okrabi's Extreme Marathon. <laughs> Well, we chatted to him uh, just a while ago here on Trail Talk SA, and we were chatting about the Kalahari Okrabi's Extreme Marathon uh, that uh, was taking place last week. It was the whole of last week down in the Northern Cape, and uh, brilliant to have him back on the show. Daniel Rowland, uh, I'm pleased to say that you are the 2013 champion. Well done, mate. You must be over the moon. Yeah, thanks so much, Brad. Uh, I had a fantastic time and, and a really great performance in the race, so as you said, I'm I'm over the moon and delighted 
with the results. Daniel, I've chatted to you twice in the build-up to to the race, uh, once uh, from Chile and once uh, just when you had landed back in SA uh, ahead of the race, and you were saying you had done a whole bunch of prep in in the mountains and, and in the Atacama Desert, sort of just really working towards this race in, in, in particular, and, and it seems like everything just sort of panned out exactly the way you had planned it. Yeah, it sure did. Um, all the training blocks and the specific work that I'd done in the desert and in the heat uh, really helped. Um, it wasn't that hard to race, but I, I wasn't too worried about the heat. And the Atacama salt flats really helped prepare me quite well for the sand that we faced in, in Ojovis, which was one of the toughest sections of the race. So um, I'm really pleased with how it all came together and that the specific work that I'd done paid off in the race. And not only did you win, but you, you smashed the record as well. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that until the prize giving on Saturday. And um, every year the route is different, so they just give you a, a record based on your average speed. And it seemed that I'd done the fastest average speed over the, the course this year. So I, I was really pleased with that. Daniel, talk, talk us through the race a little bit for, for people who, who, who've never done it and, and have maybe heard of it but don't know too much about it. Uh, tell us a little bit about the, the stages and, and, and what, what you can expect and, and possibly if someone's thinking of doing it next year, what to look out for. Yeah, okay. So it's a six-stage race. Um, the first three stages are, are relatively shorter. It was a 26-kilometer day on day one, uh, 33 kilometers on day two, 39 kilometers on day three, and then they have the long stage, which is on day four, and if you take a little bit longer to do that, you have a second day to do that. So day four is 75 Ks. Um, fortunately for me, I managed to finish during day four, so I had day five as a rest day, and then uh, day six, which is stage uh, five, is 45 Ks, and then the final stage is 26 kilometers. So it's uh, six stages over seven days. Uh, for a rough total of about 250 kilometers, and it's in an absolutely beautiful area of South Africa in the Ojabis National Park. Uh, I was very fortunate to see Hemsbach, Eland, uh, Clipspringer, a lot of giraffes, and uh, just plenty of game while I was out there. So it's a beautiful place and a, a wonderful race. Uh, the whole race is self-supported, so you have to carry your food and sleeping bag and um, other gear. But the race organization provides water, and they also put up tents for us to sleep in each night. I really dig the fact that even though you were racing it and racing it hard, you managed to take in a bit of the sights and sounds, and you were game spotting on the way. I love that. It was fantastic. It was beautiful. I saw so much more game than I expected, and I never really expected to be running through a national park and seeing a game like that. So it was quite a surprise and truly a wonderful race. Yeah, that's the thing, Danny. You up front, so I mean, you don't you don't ch- chase them away. It's it's the guys at the back, like me, that don't see anything because you guys have chased all the animals away up front. <laughs> well, that, that might be partially true, but <laughs> Okavis has a has a wonderful system where they do staggered starts. So only on the very first day of the race do we all start together, and then from then, uh, they're staggered starts from between eight o'clock in the morning to um, ten o'clock in the morning, with the slowest runners going off first. And on the long stage, that 75-kilometer stage, uh, some of the slower runners started at 6 o'clock and the fastest runners started at 1 o'clock. So throughout the day, uh, it's really a fantastic way of setting it up because the slower runners get to see some of the faster runners coming through. But um, 
as faster runners, we managed to chat and, and see some of the slower runners that we wouldn't otherwise see during the race. So it is, it's a really great system. That is pretty cool. I actually like that a lot. And, and you talk about some of those other runners that you managed to chat. Your brother and your dad were running this weekend as well. How did they go? Yep, they went very well. My dad uh, came in in 20th place and had a few highs and lows as you do in ultras, but he managed to get through the race and, and had a really good time. And uh, my brother started off very well, but he had some niggling ITB issues that, that flared up on the third stage, and he ended up walking quite a lot of the last few stages. Um, so he was a little bit disappointed, but uh, with the staggered start on the very last day, he set off in one of the earliest batches, and almost by coincidence, we both arrived at the finish line together. So that was something really special for us, uh, to finish together in a race, even though our total times were very different. Um, we managed to cross the finish line together. So that was fantastic. Bro, that sounds, sounds like an, an amazing experience. You're heading back to South America, back to Santiago. Uh, what, what's next on the cards for Daniel Rowland? Yep. I have about three months now, and I'm, I'm building up to do the Racing the Planet Sahara Race, which is going to be held in Jordan towards the end of February next year. So a little bit of time to prepare for that and, and get ready for some more sand and desert running. I wanted to ask you, how, how long does it take you to, to, to sort of recover from something that you've just been through like, like this one now? Um, I'm hoping to take about two weeks because I, I need to have quite a good turnaround for the next race, which is quite soon. As I said, it's in February. So I need to have a quick turnover now, uh, about two weeks, and then hopefully I'll be able to start building up and doing the work necessary to be ready in February. However, after the, the Atacama this year, it took me almost a month and a half to recover fully and uh, get back to the same sort of speed and, and endurance that I'd had during the race. Okay, well, so uh, I'm hoping that I'm a better athlete now and can recover a little bit faster. Yeah, Daniel, uh, yeah, it was awesome chatting again. Have a safe trip back home and, and we'll definitely stay in touch and, and would love to touch base again before, before that racing the planet. And, and it'll be cool to chat to you after that one too and, and, and hopefully as the champion as well. That'll be cool. That'd be fantastic. I really enjoy being on your program. It's becoming a bit of a regular. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. <laughs> you on it? You on it more often than I am, almost. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. Awesome, Daniel. Safe travels, mate. Bye. As I mentioned in the intro to this week's show, chatting to Edward Chapman, who has returned to South Africa for his sixth. Kalahari Ohrabi's Extreme Marathon. Edward, welcome back to South African Shores. Thank you for coming. And I have to ask, what keeps you coming back? I, I just love South Africa. I, I, I come every year because the people are just so friendly, so much into the outdoor life, um, very welcoming, and I just love the Kalahari. Edward, you, you, you say you come back every year. You've done this thing a few times. This is number what for you now? This will be number seven. If, if I finish this year, I'll be the only person to have done seven. That is that is phenomenal. I mean, this race this race is 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 seriously seriously hard, and 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 I can imagine for someone from the UK who's who's coming from you're coming from summer now, but your summers are. I mean, if you take the desert and the Kalahari, it's it's nowhere close to what you're going to be experiencing over the next seven days. It must be really difficult to train for this thing and, and get yourself physically ready as far as the, the temperature and, and, and heat goes. It's very difficult. When I left, it was 14 degrees. But what I do is I drive around in my car with the heater on full blast. So even in the summer, I've got the heater on so to try and acclimatize. Wow. And, and it would tell me, I mean, you've done this thing six times now. This is your, your seventh go at it. Is, it. is it better knowing what to expect or, or not knowing what to expect? 
the second time was the hardest because you knew exactly what you're in for, but you also know you've done it before, so you've got no excuse to give up. So I think sometimes not knowing what you're in for is the best thing. Edward, tell us a little bit about the race itself. I mean, you, you, you say if, if you complete this one, you'll be the first person to have completed seven, so you probably know the, the route and the course better than most. The seven days, tell me how they're broken up. The first day is normally quite a short day, maybe sort of 25k, and then the rest of the days are roughly a marathon distance. You have one day that's over marathon, and then you get one rest day in the middle. Um, and every day is different because the terrain's always different. Sometimes there'll be sandy riverbeds, sometimes it'll be hard rock, sometimes it'll be flat, sometimes it'll be very hilly. So every day is different, which is lovely. How do you prepare yourself something for something like this? Just as far as training goes, I mean, you mentioned acclimatizing to the heat, but it's 250 kilometers over seven days. From a training perspective, what do you need to do to complete one of these? Really, all you've got to do is something similar to comrades training, but get used to running hard on consecutive days. So go out on a Saturday and run a marathon and go out on Sunday and run a marathon. Yeah, so it's... it's and, it's basically you know, just the consecutive and, and, and getting almost used to running on tired legs? That's, that's exactly, and also getting used to running with a, with a pack on, because the pack's going to weigh about 10 kilograms, so you've got to get used to running in that. And, and I tend to train with one heavier because 10 kilograms in the Kalahari is not the same as 10 kilograms back home on the, on the pavement. I'm sure, I'm sure. And, and tell us, you, you talk about that pack and you carrying your own sort of stuff. Can you tell us what's in your pack, what you need to carry for, for the entire race? Uh, yeah, the, the equipment you need is very minimal because you just need a, a sleeping mat and a sleeping bag. But you need to carry your food, and getting the food right is, is, is the hard part. And uh, I tend to sort of have instant oats for breakfast um, and then something like um, noodles for my, my evening meal and then snack on bits and pieces during the day. And, and I'm just amazed that it's totally self-supported. I mean, you, you've got to pretty much carry everything except... I mean, you, you, in the end of the day, you do carry your water, but you allowed an allowance of one and a half liters at uh, every, every 10 kilometers. But everything else, you've got to pretty much take care of. Yeah, and, and the rules say if you didn't carry it, you can't use it. So whatever you need for the whole week, you've got to have with you. That's amazing. And, and as far as clothes go, I mean, do you, do you take a change of clothes or is it same same gear I, for, the, for the week? I take a change of socks. I have a fresh pair of socks every day because blisters are a big problem. But I wear the same shorts, the same shirt. You tend to smell a bit, but everyone else is in the same situation. <laughs> I was going to say, you're not the only one smelling out there in the desert, I'm yeah, sure. Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> Edward, it's, it sounds amazing. I, I want to wish you all the best on your journey. And, and I'm sure, ha having completed six of these things, number seven, you, you know what it takes and, and you'll definitely get it done. And, and yeah, all the best. I hope, I hope it's as, as pleasant as, as it can be. Thanks very much. Trail Talk SA, we've been chatting about some of the big races uh, over the last few weeks here on Trail Talk SA, the Otter African Trail Run. Uh, we featured the Kalahari, uh, Okrabi's Extreme Marathon again this week as well with Daniel Rowland. But uh, there are a whole bunch of other races that take place around the country uh, almost every single weekend. And there's quite a bit happening in Mpumalanga, out uh, in the northeast of the country. And uh, I got an email a couple of weeks ago from Clive Smart, and I thought, you know what, I need to find out more about what Clive is up to. Clive, welcome onto the show. Thanks for, for chatting to us today. Hi, Brad, and hi to all your listeners. 
Clive, I'm, I'm fascinated. I mean, Pumalanga is probably one of the, I don't want to say forgotten gems, but a lot of people discount it and don't realize how beautiful it is as a province. Uh, and there's some great trails out in that part of the world, aren't there? Yeah, definitely. We are, are the head of the Drakensberg, so we've got uh, the whole Drakensberg range, obviously not as high as down the Talway, but we go up to 2,000 meters. So we've got altitude. We have also can run right down at five, 500 meters. So we've got quite a variety, and we can also run up and down, give the guys a lot of hills. Which, which is scary at the best of times. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you, a little hill at, at 2,000 meters is quite a big hill. Yeah, exactly. When you're looking for bears. Exactly. Clive, tell me a little bit about uh, the, the company that you run. Is it Ilunga Trails? So Ilunga Trails started last year. We uh, started in uh, in February. I got the idea, and we've we've had a number. Uh, Debbie from Wild Trails uh, was very helpful in giving me the right pointers and helping me get started. Uh, we then we we had two trails, and then we did a ride run last year as well which unfortunately we couldn't do this year due to a clash with the, the Sardin Shufflers 32, which is a big one and just no support at all. Hopefully we'll get back to the Rhino run again. Uh, we've done uh, a number of trails again this year and uh, the, the series is a, a four trail series uh, run every three months. Uh, we have a 6, a 12 and a 20 option at all of them. Uh, a little bit longer at the Matumi Trail, which is a very technical one up the Macmac River. Um, they were about two kids longer each one of them. It sounds it sounds amazing. I mean, it's uh, you talk about the Macmac River. I I don't know the area well, but I know of the Macmac Falls, and, and it's it's absolutely beautiful in that part of the world. So it sounds like you guys have got some some cool trails to to run on and some some cool events that are taking place. But in your email, you mentioned to me that that you're struggling a bit with regards to to trail runners. Uh, not really wanting to pay to run events. And that's probably one of the biggest problems that trail running is having. Uh, whereas road running, the events tend to be really cheap, but they're not that really well organized. You don't get great value for money, to be dead honest. Uh, and then when the guys try and switch up from road running to trail running, th there is an increase in, in, in entry fee. And, and a lot of it's got to do with having to pay to use certain venues or farms or, or areas and that sort of thing. Uh, and it's difficult to, to sort of, for runners to realize that lots goes into it from a, from a trail running perspective, they probably think it's a lot easier because there's no road closures and that sort of thing. What are some of the obstacles that you guys find you, you struggle with out there in Pumalanga? You know, uh, I, I think it's not just out in Pumalanga. I mean, uh, people have to understand that all trail running, uh, you don't just phone the municipality and say, hey, listen, we need a couple of cops to block off the following roads. Uh, in some cases, uh, you have to go out there and find the trail, uh, clear it, market uh, and then and it's generally not near home so you've got you've got traveling backwards and forwards to get this done uh, and and then of course uh, landowners some landowners want money i mean we, we even have little towns here that want money for you to to start off in uh, and mountain rescue and medical and all of that uh, the the bulls really mount up and if you if you only have 60 runners You've got to take those costs and divide it by sixty. Uh, you know, so it, it does tend to to add up. But I think you know our twenty k race is is only one hundred and twenty rand. We've kept it at that uh, for the two years, and I will be keeping it at that for next year. Uh, but 
you tend to have to subsidize your own races because we really do have a lack of sponsorship down here. Uh, the sponsors don't seem to deem us as a large enough market. Is, which is, is unfortunate. Yeah, that is unfortunate, Clive. I mean, it's it's got nothing to do with, with the way the races are, are organized out there in Pumalanga. Is it just that there's just not enough people running them? Yeah, uh, we've, we've experienced quite a, a sort of resistance to, to going out of the trail. Uh, the people out here live in the bush, uh, and it seems to be they want to go run with the buses uh, so, and run with the diesel fumes. Uh, there's, uh, it's slowly growing, uh, and I'm, I'm sure it's, it's going to uh, grow uh, exponentially quicker in the future. Now that uh, we, we, you get, when you get groups of people starting to embrace the sport, uh, they seem to spread the word, and then you, so, so the numbers start to increase, and hopefully that is happening now. Uh, but uh, there, there's, there's a, just a general resistance from, from the public to go run, run trails, uh, so much so that on days that the, the local Run Walk for Life has the botanical gardens uh, run, uh, clubs have to organize runs that are on the road because some people don't run off-road. Uh, it's quite amazing. It's a, something I didn't expect to encounter, but yeah, that's, that's how it is down here. But it's growing, and it's definitely growing, and it's, it's quite positive here at the moment. That's, that's fascinating. I, I find that very, very interesting. I mean, it's, it's strange that, that people, especially in, in a country like South Africa, that's so conducive to being outdoors, and, and, and we've, we've got an amazing, amazing country. I mean, if just the, the diversity from the Western Cape to the Northern Cape to, to where you guys are out in Pumalanga, it, it, it's, it's, for me, it's mind-boggling that people don't want to be out there running trails. Yeah, I can understand that they, they're probably nervous. Maybe they, they think they're going to twist an ankle or do a knee. But, I mean, those risks are, are just as much on the road, dodging potholes and dodging cars. So, uh, yeah, it's very, very interesting. Clive, tell me a little bit about your trail safaris as well. I was, I was very interested to read up about those. The trail safaris, uh, what we do is uh, I've uh, sort of gone out on, onto the old national hiking trails, which the good old Minister Fani Boerter set up, and Fani Boerter being one of the, the trails that, that we do. And it's a five-day hiking trail, and, and what we do is we, we run two days trail in one. Uh, we carry all the kit. My wife, Jen, uh, moves all the kit from one hut to the next and has the refreshments all waiting and the food all prepared. And So it's a totally fully catered uh, trail running experience. You get to run about 23 k's a day. Uh, the runs sometimes split into two groups, a faster group and a slower group. But you, you're following marked hiking trails. These are uh, just like if, if, if one could, you could go down and uh, do the otter because it's marked. Uh, not that you're allowed to do that. But uh, on the Fani Boerter, we get permission and, and, and off we go and we uh, have a vehicle supporting us and fully catered. It's, it's really good fun, uh, relatively cheap and a nice way to, to come and see the trails. That, that sounds awesome. How can people find out more about that, Clive? Okay, it's it's all on our website on uh, ilangatrails.co.za. Uh, it's in the process of going up. It should be up within the next hour or two, as a matter of fact. All right, fantastic. Uh, what what I'll do, Clive, is I'll link to that website as well from the show notes for this episode of, of Trail Talk SA as well. I know you guys are very active on social media too, so I'll pop up your, your social media profiles there as well. So if people want to find out more about you or, or possibly get in touch about those trail safaris, uh, with pleasure, I'll, I'll pop that on there as well. 
Uh, and it sounds like you guys are doing amazing work. And, and that was one of the goals with the show as well. It was just to grow the sport and, and get the awareness out there. So, uh, yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Keep up the great work and, and please stay in touch. We'd love to hear if you've got other things in the pipeline in the months and years to come. Yeah, Brad, if I can just remind everybody that the 16th of November, we've got a trail up at Carps of Whip, and that's, a, that's an absolutely beautiful trail. Get to run with the wild horses, see blue swallows. Uh, it's really, really the most popular of the like, trail series. And that's so, and that's just outside Nelspreet. I mean, that's not that's just outside Nelspreet. It's actually uh, we we started uh, at eight o'clock, so guys can even leave it at like four thirty and drive from Joburg because it's it's a three hour drive from Joburg. It's it's well before Nelspreet. Okay, there you go. So it's it's pretty easy to get to from from Gauteng. Uh Entries entries for that race. What's the easiest way to go about your website? Uh, entries. Uh, on uh, enter online that you can link from the website uh, and there'll be entries on the day and it's as I say it's 120 rand for the long one 50 rand for the six see that's I mean that's nothing in, in trail running terms that's that's dirt cheap yes yeah they, they are very cheap uh, we try and keep them that way try and get the people in Clive Smart from Ilunga Trails thank you so much for chatting to us today uh, and I look forward to, to catching up with you again in the future Brad thank you very much Well, that's another week of Trail Talk SA done and dusted. Thank you to all of our guests today. Uh, and those links, as I promised, are on uh, the show notes for this episode of Trail Talk SA. As always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Do be in touch on Twitter at Trail Talk SA. You can also pop me an email, podcast at trailtalksa.co.za. From myself, Brad Brown, have yourself a fantastic week. And we'll chat again, same time next week. Cheers. Cheers.